630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw. And Adarius Bowman's got a pair. Touchdown Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up. And it is through. Sean White has done it again. Comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back here. Short side. He scores. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, rough night for the Blue Jays so far. They are trailing the Angels 5-0. Blue Jays in a 5-0 hole as they continue their chase for first place in the American League East. Once again, coming in tied for first place in the division with the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox in action tonight in Tampa Bay. Also, the Orioles hanging around. They're two games back. They're up 5-1 on the Nationals. That's in the top of the third. The Jays game, by the way, in uh, the top of the fourth. The Red Sox are up 3-0 on the Rays. That's in the bottom of the third. All right. Can also tell you some news and notes today. Jay Bomeister named to Team Canada for the World Cup. That starts September 15th in Toronto. He's going to replace Duncan Keith, who uh, will miss the tournament as he rehabs a right knee injury. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630. Ched? My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. A lot to get to tonight. Kevin Carius will be in studio. Brent Sake will join us between 7 and 8 as well. He's organizing the world's longest baseball game to raise money in the fight against cancer. We'll talk to a couple of members of the, uh, well, one member each. One uh, Edmonton Eskimo, one Saskatchewan Rough Rider defensive back Brandon Thompson from the Eskimos, Shamad Chamber. Last year's most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup for Edmonton, now a member of the Riders. They're coming up in uh, the first hour of the show tonight. Yuri Hoodler signs a one-year deal with the Dallas Stars. It's worth $2 million. He had 46 points in 72 games last year, played for Calgary and Florida. Just uh, reading this, by the way, Matthew Panashik on the other side of the uh, window. You were working uh, during the Olympics a fair bit, were you not? Yes, I was. Do you remember what Hope Solo said about the Swedish women's soccer team? Oh, I cannot remember, but it was not a nice thing she said. Well, basically, she called them cowards and, uh, you know, said a bunch of other stuff. But the key word there was uh, cowards. Hope Solo has been suspended by U.S. soccer for the next six months. How about that? Suspended six months for calling the uh, Swedish team cowards after they beat the United States in a quarterfinal in, a, in penalty kicks at the Olympics. Basically, it was a game dominated territorially by the United States. Sweden didn't do a lot to attack, and uh, Hope Solo called them cowards after the game. She gets suspended six months. By most accounts, and we had uh, Craig Forrest on the show last week talking a little Olympic soccer and uh, he kind of said that that is what she's like she's generally not a nice human being <laughs> and uh, there you go she has crossed the line stepped too far over the line and her own soccer association 
kicks her off for six months. Uh, Dave Leppert firing away into the text line right away. He says, hey, Reed, do you consider Jay Bomeister a number one defenseman in the NHL? His stats are not amazing, but I'm thinking they selected him because of his shutdown ability. And uh, Dave Leppard also says, uh, and because of his experience and his defensive ability, would you agree? Well, sure, Jay Bomeister, now at the age of uh, 32, he has, uh, you know, back in 08, 09, 05, 06, 06, 07, he had some seasons where he had 42 or more points. He uh, hasn't been anywhere near that level for a couple of years, 19 points this season. 13 the year before in 13 14 he did have 37 points just four of them goals in 82 games and we'll talk about this a little bit later on in a little more detail it is interesting when you consider mark giordano maybe could have been picked right pk suban He's pretty good now. Shoots right, the right, right, left thing. They go for righty, lefty combos. But Jay Bomeister has played for uh, several Canadian teams in the past, including the Canadian Olympic hockey team, and uh, he gets the call over anybody else. That you know, there's so many great players in Canada. Look, Matthew, Canada should win that tournament. I I think. I think Canada should win that tournament. I think we're just too deep. I, I mean, look, I, I think yesterday's show, was it yesterday or the day before, could have been more about uh, Taylor Hall not being picked to fill in for Jamie Benn, right, if he were still an Edmonton Oiler. And Hall's a guy who's been, you know, overlooked for some uh, teams in the past and individual honors. Not not all the time, but sometimes. And here's another debate. You pick Jay Bomeister and other names come up. Canada should win that tournament because of the depth uh, team North America could be really good. It's an under-23 team. I don't think they're going to have the depth. They'll have some high-end guys. I don't know if they'll have the goaltending and the depth. Canada should win the World Cup. I know whenever we bring it up, there are uh, mixed, I guess, mixed advanced reviews, mixed anticipation about it. I know a lot of you say, don't care. It's a fabricated little event. Don't need it. Can wait for the regular season. I think other people are excited about it. It's not, to me, the World Cup isn't the same since the pros started going to the Olympics. When I was a kid in the 80s, the Canada Cups were a big deal because you got to see the best on best, right, that you didn't see in the Olympics because, you know, Canada didn't have the pros in the Olympics. The, uh, you know, the Russians basically had the Red Army team in the Olympics, so all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Sean says, so Americans are holding their own to account. What gives is nothing predictable. <laughs> reacting to the Hope Sola suspension. Well, Sean, I guess nothing is predictable. I'll tell you what, uh, Sportsnet, who uh, the uh, TV carrier for Oilers games, of course, 630 Chet is the radio voice of 630 Chet, of uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Sportsnet will be carrying all, uh, Rogers, I should say, will be carrying all 82 Oilers games, 37 of them nationally televised, 45 of them will be regionally televised the Oilers moving into their beautiful new downtown rink soon very soon uh, I, I mean they're uh, they're transitioning to making Rogers place their home pretty much as we speak don't forget about the open house on September 10th that's a Saturday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. tickets are free they're going to be released to the public August 29th if my math is correct Kellen that is on Monday um you have to, the, the tickets are free, but you do need to have a ticket and a booked entrance slot. Uh, 
to go on the Rogers Place tour. So it, it'll, it'll be like going on a ride at Disney when you get one of those advanced tickets, right? You can just go up and get the ticket, but you, then you you have to go in at that certain time. Edmonton.ca slash Rogers Place for more information. That's the nut and bolts, what I told you there. But to find out a little bit more, edmonton.ca slash Rogers Place, the open house September 10th for the public. And then what do we have for the first event? Is it Keith Urban on September 15th? September the 16th, Keith Urban. What's on September 15th? No, I don't That's think just any. you and me doing some improv in an empty building. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna just gonna go into Rogers Place, take suggestions from the audience. It'll just be Tom Gazzola and Jack Michaels, and we'll do some improv. Jillian says Canada should be able to field an A and B team at the World Cup. A Canada versus Canada final would be great to watch. Not excited about Team North America. Well, uh, that's the thing that. Uh, about the World Cup that a lot of people say, and, and, and I'm full on board with this, they had to fabricate teams to round out the field. I would have been fine with just a six-team tournament and just say, okay, some really good European players won't get to play because their teams aren't strong enough. You know, Czech Republic, uh, uh, you know, Sweden, Finland, Russia, fine, you get to be in it. Uh, other players, too, too bad. I mean, the old Canada Cup was Canada, the States, the Soviet Union, Czechoslovakia, Finland, and Sweden. Now, the countries were different because of the, the Soviet uh, Empire at the time. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that has turned a lot of people off, that they've sort of had to, well, not sort of, they've, they've had to fabricate teams to fill out the field. Look, here's the thing. Hockey, as much as we love it, it's not really an international sport, Right. It's not like there are 200 teams trying to get into the World Cup like you would in soccer, and they got to pare it down to 32. Hockey's the opposite. You have to create teams for there to be full rosters. Beans says, James, I don't think the players will engage in the World Cup. Uh, they probably, I don't know. I think a lot of these guys are pretty competitive. Once they get into it, I think they'll want to win. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there are a couple teams, though, that just don't seem like they have it turned on. And uh, Conrad, who texted in last week, I don't know if you were working that night, Matthew. Conrad texted in and said there used to be offside in basketball. And I said, I, I don't think so. But I said, if you can find something, send it to me. Uh, Conrad said, I can't find the info about offsides in basketball. Um, I, there were rules I saw were kind of like offside, but not the same. Uh, they don't have offside, and they have tons of scoring, so the NHL should get rid of offside and see what happens to the scoring. You can start in the AHL. That is from uh, Conrad. All right, you can always text 630-630. You can tweet me, at Reed Wilkins. What we have to do now, a little bit of a timeout, and then Brandon Thompson from Boise State to the CFL. He's now with the Edmonton Eskimos. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
My cousin Dominique texting the show. He says, Reed, if there was no Team North America, do you think McDavid would be on Team Canada? My short answer, Dominique, yes, I do. My name is Reed Wilkins. The guy working as a studio operator, sorry, the gentleman working as a studio operator tonight is Matthew Panashik. Did I call you Kellen a few minutes ago? Well, I didn't want to say anything, but yes, you did. Well, you should correct my mistakes when I call you by the wrong name. It's okay. It's all right. I should address you by who you are. That's the least I could do. Well, that's okay. One night it's Kellen, one night it's Matthew, though my brain can't keep up with it. I agree. And this window's pretty dirty. I can't always see through it. (laughs) Just just making excuses for being a jerk, eh? Uh, Tell you what, the Eskimos play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night. We'll have it for you right here on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock pregame, kickoff at 8 New to the Eskimos' backfield, he helped them beat Toronto last weekend, Brandon Thompson. Brandon, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, man, good, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, good to talk to you. Good to uh, introduce you to the Inside Sports listenership. You're a relatively new Edmonton Eskimo, but but I always like to uh, ask guys a little bit about their past. Now, you played at Boise State, which uh, has become a pretty good football school. Um, now, first of all, th- there was that wild game in 2007, Oklahoma, you, against Oklahoma, where they had those three t- trick plays. Uh, Jared Zabransky, who eventually became an Eskimo, was the quarterback. But you weren't quite there for that one, eh? Yeah, I was uh, I was still a senior in high school, but I remember that game vividly. Um, I remember at the high school that I was at, you know, betting a lot of quarters on Boise State with, uh, you know, a lot of my classmates in school and, you know, I remember how proud I was to go back on Monday and, you know, for a school that not a lot of people knew, when I went back on Monday, everybody knew. So it was pretty cool. Um, so, you, so you'd already committed to Boise State at that for that, but when that game was played, eh? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was committed for probably a couple months by then. So, you know, I had on my orange sweatshirt and my, my blue hat and everything tuned into the game. Right on. So you would have joined right after that. Didn't you have an unbeaten season in, in, I want to say, 2009? We did. We did. My junior year, we went unbeaten. I think we were like 14-0. and And, uh, you know, that was really good. That set the table for us my senior year. That's when we went into the season. I think we were like number three in the preseason polls, and we held that pretty much all year until we lost to Nevada on the famous kick. So, uh, But it was good times, man, good times. Um, the fans out there are great. Um, the whole experience, man, I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, what what was the – I hate to bring this up, but what, I, I don't remember. What was the famous kick? Uh, what was that? That was 2010. Yeah. And we were playing Nevada at Nevada. I think at the time we were the number two or number three in the nation. And, uh, you know, long story short, we threw – we were down. We threw a bomb towards the end of the game. You know, miraculous catch, kind of one of those. It was meant to be plays, and then we lined up what would be a chip shot for our all everything kicker, and you know, we missed it. <laughs> and then we went into overtime and ended up losing in double overtime. So, okay, yeah. all right. Well, sorry to bring that up, but you did, you didn't lose a lot with Boise State. What was it like uh, playing football there? And I imagine. Uh, I mean, you guys must have been just really big deals in town because this it's not in a very big city, is it? No, no. It, I mean, the whole state of Idaho doesn't have a professional team, so we were pretty much the, the professional team in the state. So it was pretty cool, man. Like I said, it was a small college town. 
everybody was about Boise State football, and you know it was really uh, it was a really cool experience. Okay, Brandon Thompson from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us inside sports on uh, six thirty. Ched, uh, well, obviously you've now wound up with the Edmonton Eskimos after uh, playing for uh, Ottawa against Edmonton in the Grey Cup last year. Uh, I'm going to ask you this: Did did that result make you? Uh, reluctant at all to look at the Eskimos as a possible team this year? What was it like joining the team that Um, uh, beat you? Man, you know, I would say before free agency, you know, it was just a little weird. I wouldn't say reluctant or anything like that, but, you know, you still had that fire burning in your chest from from losing the, the big game. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at it as a business, especially going into free agency, and, you know, you just try to do what's best for you and your family. All right. Joining the Eskimos, I mean, I'm sure you you knew they were a defense, especially earlier in the season, that, that was giving up a lot of points. There were some problems in the secondary. What's it been like for you, you know, fitting into that group, and, and how do you kind of see where they're at now? Well, I mean, honestly, I just kind of wanted to come in here, man. This The, the defense here, it's full of vets, guys that have won proven winners. Um, so there wasn't really a whole lot for me to do other than come in, learn the defense, and, you know, kind of get in where I fit in. Um, what they asked me to do is, you know, something that I've done in the past in terms of playing a strong half position. So really I'm just trying to come in here, work hard, pick up the defense. Um, like I said, I have a lot of great resources with all the vets that we have on this defense. and You know, try to help us take a step forward. That game in Toronto must have felt uh, pretty good because uh, Toronto's offense didn't really do a heck of a lot uh, against you guys, especially when the the minutes really mattered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, for us, every game we want to go out and have, you know, great performances. But at the end of the day, I know for us, not only as a secondary but defensively, we're really just looking for consistency. So we were able to put together a pretty good game against Toronto. But, you know, that's in our rear view mirror and, trying to figure out ways and, you know, practicing and developing good habits just to make sure we can find that consistency because that's really what's going to make us a good, great defense. Okay. Hey, uh, Brandon Thompson from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us on, uh, on Inside Sports. I got to ask you something. Is it true you are related to the John Thompson that was the longtime basketball coach at Georgetown University in the States? <laughs> I get asked this all the time, man. I, uh, so when I first got drafted, you know, obviously I had never met John Thompson before that. But since I got drafted by the Redskins and that kind of being the D.C., Georgetown area, you know, that was a question that they brought up. And uh, I found out that I'm pretty sure I am related to him. I talked to him a couple times uh, on the radio like this, actually. Okay. And, uh, you know, he's a, obviously he's a great man. He's done great things. I'm happy he's got my last name and, you know, maybe a little bit of my blood in him, too. So I'll okay. take it. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad I asked, though, because it's not as if you had this uh, amazing uh, relationship with him where you were going to Georgetown practices as a little kid. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. But to clarify exactly. that it's a, it's a distant relationship. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's the only point that I try to make sure I get across to people, you know, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't at my Pop Warner games or anything. Okay. <laughs> are you Are you a big basketball fan in general, though? Oh, of course, of course. I I tell people all the time. When I was younger, you couldn't tell me I wasn't a basketball player. Um, you know, at the time, I felt like I played football because I was good at it. But my first love was definitely basketball. But when you grow up to be about a uh, five nine, five ten on a good day. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the basketball thing may not be uh, you know where it's going to be for you. Well, let me ask you that because Pat Watkins, who I mean you've uh, you've seen play in the CFL, were you guys even teammates for one year? Or no, not quite. I'm trying to uh, back here. No, not, no, you wouldn't yeah, have been. Not quite. Um, yeah. But Pat Watkins can do a lot of stuff as a defensive back with his height, and I've seen him play in here in Edmonton, make up ground, get a long arm out there, and, and knock away a pass. Is it? I mean, I guess. No. Do you have to defend in different ways than a guy like Watkins because there's about a seven-inch difference in height? Oh, no doubt. There's a uh, definitely two different styles. Um, the overall core of your defensive back technique doesn't change, but there's little tweaks that, you know, he has to make as being a taller guy and that I have to make as being a shorter guy. So, um, I mean, there's definitely little little things that you could probably notice in guys' game between the two. Okay. Well, Brandon, great getting to know you a little bit, and, uh, yeah, you're fitting in well with the Eskimos so far. So all the best against the Riders here coming up on Friday night. I appreciate it, my man, and uh, talk to you soon. Right on. That is Brandon Thompson, defensive back for your Edmonton Eskimos. All right, we will go to the other sideline. A guy who has crossed the field, former Eskimo Shamad Chambers, now with the Riders when we get back. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Somebody asked in the last half hour, because my cousin Dominique on the text line, would Connor McDavid have made Team Canada for the World Cup of Hockey? Somebody texted it and said, Crosby didn't make Canada for his first potential Olympics. McDavid wouldn't be on this Canadian team. He's only played 50 or so games in the NHL. But what did he actually wind up with, Matthew? 45 uh, games played last season? Here's the thing. I, I think if there wasn't a Team North America... I think Connor McDavid would have been on Team Canada. And let's just put playing ability aside for a second, and his playing ability is excellent. He helps sell tickets, right? They would have made sure he was on Team Canada and playing in this tournament. They would have made darn sure of it. I, I, I absolutely believe that. I mean, look, everybody... This, this let, Let's be honest here. The world does not necessarily need this tournament, right? It's, it's not like we of hockey fans have been sitting around and talking on shows like this day after day saying like, oh, my life as a fan would just be more complete if there was a World Cup of hockey. Why can't I see Canada play Europe? I want to find out what would happen if the Czech Republic played the United States. Nobody's been sitting around crying out for that, especially now that we have the Olympics. Now, will we watch it and be entertained by it? I'm sure most of us will. Even those of you who may be saying you're not that interested, I'm betting you're going to watch at least some of it. So why does this tournament exist? Because a bunch of people are going to make a bunch of money off it. That's, that's going to help. Is it as easy to do that if one of the most marketable players in the game isn't involved? Well, no, it isn't. I mean, if there was no Team North America, Connor McDavid, I believe, not only just based on the merit of his skill and ability, would have been on the team. 
because he's a name on the marquee. He's one of the names in bold font. On he's here's the thing: Connor McDavid is an above the title talent. You know what I mean? Go look at a movie poster. Go look at the names that are above the title. Brad Pitt, right? Tom Cruise, Matt Damon, Julia Roberts, right? The those they're above the title of the movie. Connor McDavid is above the title. This is Connor McDavid in the World Cup. It's not the World Cup featuring Connor McDavid. He's an above the title player. He would have been on the Canadian roster if there were no Team North America. But they specifically created a Team North America so they could say, "Hey, let's let's get all these young guys in the game who maybe wouldn't quite make their national teams or who if they are were on their national teams uh, wouldn't play enough. So let's make a team for all the young Canada and U.S. guys because we need McDavid in this tournament and uh, we need Matthews in this tournament and we need Eichel in this tournament. I mean, really, Matthew, uh, the North American team, in my mind, exists pretty much solely to showcase those three players. McDavid... Eichel and Matthews. Am I missing anybody? I mean, there are like Nugent Hopkins is on the team, but you know, nothing against the JT Millers of the world or whoever else, you know, John Gibson, all the other guys on the team. The Team North America exists to showcase those three players, right? So, I mean, let's let's not sit here and acting like this is some purity of competition event where it's like we're sipping our tea and watching it and, and being like, well, finally, we'll get a true understanding of which nation has the most hockey talent. Look at these teams fairly and soberly divided into a completely fair tournament that is only based on the spirit of competition and determining superiority in the hockey world. Pip, pip, please put on the telly. No, it's, it's a, it's a made-up event to make money and to entertain you. That's what that's what it is. Now you could say that about all sports, but this tournament takes it to another to another level. So if they hadn't come up with the concept for Team North America, I'm telling you, Connor McDavid would be on Team Canada, and probably Jack Eichel would be on Team USA, right? So instead of teammates, they instead of the tournament being promoted with them as uh, teammates, it'd be being promoted as, as them going head-to-head whatever day they play in their own robin, I can't remember. I'll have, to, I'll have to actually get familiar with the schedule because we're carrying some of the games right here. <laughs> 6.30, Chet. This portion of the show is brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit them online at actionfurnace.ca. All right, we are uh, going to take a quick timeout. Then we're going to bring in one of the guys who left for Saskatchewan, receiver Shamad Chambers, when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. What is the frequency, Kenneth? I can tell you what the score is in Toronto. It's not good for Blue Jays fans. It is 6-0, the Angels leading the Jays. That's in the bottom of the fifth. The Orioles are up 5-1 on the Nationals in the top of the fifth. The Red Sox up 3-2 on the Rays in the bottom of the fifth. If all those results hold, it will not be a good night for the Blue Jays. You can text 630-630. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. Riders, Eskimos. 
tomorrow. Riders are one and seven. Eskimos are four and four. Pleased to welcome back to the show Rough Riders receiver Shamad Chambers. Shamad, how are you doing? I'm not bad, not bad. Just here in Regina, the weather's kind of kind of wet here but you know it's it's nice I'm enjoying myself so what canadian cities can you now say that you've uh, you've lived in three now i believe or i guess uh kitchener waterloo would be another one so four four canadian cities okay so you've had a you've you've, you've been able to check out different areas of the country then eh no absolutely way different areas <laughs> i've been everywhere i think now uh for sure what uh i mean becoming a saskatchewan rough rider I mean, you've been in the CFL for a few years, but what's it now like actually being a rider and being part of right, right in the center of, of that fan base? Um, it's definitely uh, a lot cooler to be a part of the, you know, the side that the fans are chirping you on game day. Uh, you know, the fan base here is it's incredible to see how, how much they're into their team and stuff like that. Obviously, it's like that in different places, but, you know, especially on game day, everyone's wearing green and if it's not green game day i feel like everyone's still wearing green which is obviously something new to me but it's 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 an unbelievable it's an unbelievable feeling to be a part of this uh franchise and you know get to see the fan base every day and get to meet people it's amazing so you know i'm enjoying myself do you get recognized in public maybe uh, more often than you would have in edmonton uh i don't go out often in public actually i'm more of a homebody so okay. you know i'm I go to the same places. Like I have a couple of record stores that I go to, and uh, I have a usually order out if I do eat. And but like the pet store, because I just bought a dog out here. The ladies at the pet store knew exactly where I was, <laughs> and uh, you know a couple other places. But they're very respectful here. They don't they don't really say much. What kind of dog did you get, Shamad? I got a. Uh, I got a Pomeranian Chihuahua mix, so he's a very, very, very little guy. Actually, when I got him, he was my hand was bigger than him, and he was one pound. So, <laughs> wow, does he have yeah. an attitude? Uh, he's starting to get a little bit of an attitude, but we're trying to get that out of him. He barks at the door a lot for no reason, trying to figure out what the issue is with him. But we'll figure it out eventually. Now, this first step of parenting. You brought the first step of parenting. Is this yeah, get your, a dog. Is, was this your, is this your first uh, dog? No, it can't be the first dog in your life ever. Yes. Yeah. Really? I had a fish before, but he didn't last very long. So his name was Rufus. So, you know, I'm trying to take care of this guy. Now, why did you name the fish Rufus? I don't have any idea. I think I just like Rufus. <laughs> and what's the dog's name? His name's Ryder because we got him in uh, Saskatoon in training camp. And my girlfriend wanted to name him Ryder. I actually had an idea that I was going to get a dog when I came out here. So we decided because we're in Saskatchewan this year, we were going to name him Ryder. All right. Well, as long as he's not green, because in that case, it wouldn't be healthy. But no, he actually looks like a little lion. <laughs> I keep saying Ryder, and he keeps looking at me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, we'll move on from that part of the interview then. Tell, tell me about going to record stores. Are you one of these guys that uh, are, you into, are you into the vinyl, or what are you picking up? Yeah, I'm actually, um, for the last couple of years, me and my one buddy from home, we always said we wanted to get a record player, and his dad and his brothers used to be DJs, so at home they have like 400 records, like old records, so, you know, I just got into, I wanted to pick up a hobby, because I was going to be out here, so right now, I just started to actually pick up records, maybe at the beginning of the season, I have a... 
a big uh, I, have, I have a pretty good collection now i've got some frank sinatra some uh bruce springsteen um you know hotel california by the um by the eagles which is an unreal album and then i have obviously some of the artists that i follow like drake and j cole but i don't know i wanted to listen to music in different ways and you know i felt like vinyls are at least something when my kids when i have kids eventually I can keep up with them and tell them this is what was cool, just like our parents did. And vinyls are definitely something you take pride in. Well, that's interesting. First of all, you're very eclectic with your musical tastes, obviously. Shamad, you're 27. I'm 42. And a lot of people my age who can remember going from records as little kids to tapes, then to CDs, we're all like, why would you get back into vinyl? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the reason I think the reason why I did is because I feel like, especially for my generation, are you can buy your, the, sing, the singles, right? So you can just listen to one song and like that song, and you don't really have to listen to a, an artist's whole body of work. So when you actually go to buy a vinyl, you have to find vinyls that you know you can listen to from, you know, if it's four sides, it's five songs a side. So if you like side, like, I'll give you an example. Like, the, I have a Drake, Take Care, and he's my favorite artist right now, but... If there was a song that I wanted to listen to, and if it was a fourth song on the third side, I would have to listen to at least three songs before it got to it. So you end up appreciating the entire body of work a lot more when you're actually listening to it in a vinyl than you would if you just got to listen to it on your phone. Well, see, that's interesting. And when CDs came out, a lot of people my age were thrilled because we could just jump to our favorite songs really easily, right? So Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's interesting, the, uh, the different... Uh, and I, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm a senior citizen compared to you, but it's kind of one generation in between us, so that's interesting. Shamad Chambers from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Always great to talk to you. I mean, I asked you about being right in the, the heart of Rider Nation and, and mingling with some fans did you get any feedback from Eskimos fans, either on Twitter or social media, anything like that, when when you left, when you decided to sign with uh, the green and white instead of the green and gold? Obviously, it was mixed, right? Uh, <laughs> for the people who actually have met me over the years and uh, supported my career, they were just happy that I got to have the opportunity to play football. Someone else and saw me off, and then you know you had your the Twitter thugs saying crazy things. And you know that's all right. Like that happens all the time. You know what I mean? Like people switch teams, and you know it's just like any other job. Like if there's a job that gave you maybe a little bit of a better opportunity to be to further your career, you know anyone's going to take that in any other walk of life. Obviously, when it comes to professional sports, it's completely different because a lot of times, as a fan, like I, you know, I'm a fan of sports as well. But as a fan, we tend to uh, forget that the athletes are people and that they have a family to feed. And sometimes the situations don't work out. And it's either there's going to be a day when they get rid of you or you're going to take the day and either get to retire, which not a lot of people get to do on your own terms, or you go somewhere else. So obviously I wouldn't say that was a, the case for me. But, you know, I you know I can't wait to see Section O. I know everyone knows Section O and uh, – <laughs> In Edmonton uh, this this week, last time, he uh, said that someone was going to pull the fire alarm, and I told him he was incriminating himself, but it's all fun and games. You know, I appreciate <laughs> that. At least they remember, right? Like, you want them to, hey, that guy played here, so... 
I won a championship in Edmonton, so it's always going to have a special heart. Well, absolutely. Special place in my heart. Absolutely. Incredible season last year. Uh, look, I, I got to talk about the record this year with the Riders because you guys are struggling. One and seven. Uh, really lopsided loss to Hamilton. Um, you know, big turnaround from the success you had last year. How are you dealing personally with sort of the trajectory of this Riders team and what so far has uh, been a pretty tough season in the win column? I think um, personally, like we have a very talented team. We have a lot of great athletes on this team. We have a lot of young athletes on this team as well. So, you know, just like in any other, at any other time, you're just waiting for it to click all together and get, you know, four quarters of great football from all phases, from all phases, from special teams to offense to defense. And I think we've yet to put that full full thing onto the field. And you know, we're trying to get back to you know playing a little bit more. Uh, just more sound football and, you know, trusting in the systems that, you know, these two these systems help us win a championship in Edmonton. But at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's going to take time, you know. When you have a lot of turnover on the team and have a lot of young guys, you still have to allow them to understand what it takes to win. And, you know, my first two years in Edmonton, we won 12 games and it was rough and it was tough. And, you know, Coach Jones came in and we went off ran 30 games in a great cup and you know i trust the systems and i trust in coach jones and the coaching staff that they're going to put us in the best best situation to win a championship you know right now it's tough but there's been teams in the past that you know were zero and five like the bc lions or the hamilton tiger cats the year that they first went to the um to the great cup i think it would have been uh three years ago and they started one and six you know and you know there's tough losses but you know if you really look at it like the two teams that were in the great cup we stuck with them to the end so um, you know i just think that we just need to come together and once we're able to come together a little bit more and put it all on the field and you know get it really rolling the way we need it to we'll be fine you know we have one one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the cfl darian durant and as long as he's healthy and upright, we have a chance to win every game. Is uh, Chris Jones the exact same coach you had in, in Edmonton, or does he change himself, modify some things from year to year? Uh, you know, from first year to third, this is my third year with Coach Jones. And, you know, obviously, like, as, like just like myself and any other anyone else, you, you know, you get better and you become – you know a better person you become more personable you know my first year I never had a conversation with coach Jones I've had more conversations with coach Jones in maybe the first three weeks than I did in probably like two years you know what I mean so um he's he's definitely a much more personable and stuff like that and understands he has a young team and you know the coaching staff does a good job of uh Right, making everyone, you know, making the young guys, keeping them motivated and stuff like that. And obviously our team is very motivated. We work extremely hard. This is the hardest working team that I've been a part of in terms of in the weight room, at practice. And I think our coaches will say the same thing. And, you know, that's the problem. And that's the thing that hurts the most is losing when you know you're working your tail off to be able to go out there and perform. So, you know, it's going to break eventually. We just need it to break sooner than later. All right. Well, Shamad, you're always a great interview, so thanks for making time for us. I uh, wish you best of luck with the season, but of course, probably more importantly, best of luck with Ryder the dog, buddy. That's going to be an interview. Oh, thanks. Right, go Raptors, by the way. <laughs>
All right, thanks, Schmutt. He had to get that in there. Schmutt Chambers, a very big uh, basketball fan and supporter of the Toronto Raptors. So I, I don't know how we got talking about Schmutt Chambers' pets. He's never had a dog before. I just always assumed everybody had a dog at some point in their life. You, you haven't, Matthew? Never had a pet in my life, buddy. You've never had any form of pet in your in your household as a child or as an adult? Nope. Like not even like a, a, like a little fish like he had? A cat? Nope, no fish, no cat, no dogs, no nothing. Are you allergic? Uh, Dad's allergic, so he just prefers it, and I actually prefer it now with no pets myself. So. All right. So he has a dog, uh, Shamad Chambers has a dog named Ryder. He had a fish named Rufus that unfortunately didn't live very long. R.I.P. Rufus. Topher Allen texting the show during that interview. He says the Eagles, the boss, Shamad Chambers, has some taste, and at the age of 27, I love it. And Southside Rob says, Hey, Reed, you sounded like Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire as you pontificated about the World Cup of Hockey Tournament. Well, I got a little secret for you, Southside Rob. Not only did I uh, sound like uh, Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm also currently dressed like Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you didn't know that. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to bring you the news, traffic, and weather as we do on a half-hourly basis here on 6.30, Chad. We shall return with a visit from Kevin Carius from Global Television. He's in with me every Wednesday. Also dropping into studio, Brent Sake, who is organizing the world's longest baseball game for next weekend. He's been doing the world's longest hockey game for several years. Now the world's longest baseball game so he'll let us know where that is in the progress process who's playing how's it's gonna how it's gonna work all that fun stuff you can keep texting 630 630 it's inside sports on oilers radio 630 chad 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630 chad